1: Welcome, everyone, to the new 1001 Sherlock Holmes Stories podcast. Here you'll find a collection of Sherlock Holmes adventures, as well as the best of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's stories. Some from our archives at 1001 Classic Short Stories and 1001 Stories for the Road, and some newly produced, all here for your entertainment. Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Sherlock Holmes stories and the best of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Today, the adventure of the three Garadebs, first published in Collier's Weekly, October 25th, 1924. Published in the Strand Magazine, January of 1925. Its first book appearance in the Casebook of Sherlock Holmes, 1927. And now our story. It may have been a comedy, or it may have been a tragedy. It cost one man his reason. It cost me a bloodletting. And it cost yet another man the penalties of the law. Yet there was certainly an element of comedy. Well... "'You shall judge for yourselves.' "'I remember the date very well, "'for it was in the same month that Holmes refused a knighthood "'for services which may perhaps some day be described. "'I only refer to the matter in passing, "'for in my position of partner and confidant "'I am obliged to be particularly careful "'to avoid any indiscretion. "'I repeat, however, that this enables me to fix the date, "'which was the latter end of June 1902, "'shortly after the conclusion of the South African War.' Holmes had spent several days in bed, as was his habit from time to time, but he emerged that morning with a long foolscap document in his hand, and a twinkle of amusement in his austere gray eyes. "'There is a chance for you to make some money, friend Watson,' said he. "'Have you ever heard of the name of Gerradab? "'I admitted I had not. "'Well, if you can lay your hand upon a Geradab, there's money in it.' "'Why?' "'Ah, that's a long story, rather a whimsical one, too.' "'I don't think in all our explorations of human complexities "'we've ever come upon anything more singular. "'The fellow will be here presently for cross-examination, "'so I won't open the matter up until he comes. "'But, meanwhile, that's the name we want.' "'The telephone directory lay on the table beside me, "'and I turned over the pages in a rather hopeless quest. "'But to my amazement, there was this strange name in its due place. "'I gave a cry of triumph. "'Here you are, Holmes. Here it is.' Holmes took the book from my hand. "'Garadab, N,' he read. 136 Little Rider Street, West. "'Sorry to disappoint you, my dear Watson, but this is the man himself. "'That is the address upon his letter. "'We want another to match him.' "'Mrs. Hudson had come in with a card upon a tray. "'I took it up and glanced at it. "'Why, here it is!' I cried in amazement. "'This is a different initial. "'John Garadab—' Counselor-at-law, Moorville, Kansas, U.S.A. Holmes smiled as he looked at the card. I'm afraid you must make yet another effort, Watson, said he. This gentleman is also in the plot already, though I certainly did not expect to see him this morning. However, he is in a position to tell us a good deal, which I want to know. A moment later, he was in the room. Mr. John Garadeb, Counselor-at-law, was a short, powerful man with the round, fresh, clean-shaven face characteristic of so many American men of affairs. The general effect was chubby and rather childlike, so that one received the impression of quite a young man with a broad-set smile upon his face. His eyes, however, were arresting. Seldom in any human head have I seen a pair which bespoke a more intense, inward life. So bright were they, so alert, so responsive to every change of thought. His accent was American, but was not accompanied by any eccentricity of speech." "'Mr. Holmes?' he asked, glancing from one to the other. "'Ah, yes. Your pictures are not unlike you, sir, if I may say so. I believe you have had a letter from my namesake, Mr. Nathan Garadub. Have you not?' "'Pray, sit down,' said Sherlock Holmes. "'We shall, I fancy, have a good deal to discuss.' He took up his sheets of foolscap. "'You are, of course, the Mr. John Garadub mentioned in this document. But surely you have been in England some time?' "'Why do you say that, Mr. Holmes?' "'I seemed to read sudden suspicion in those expressive eyes. "'Your whole outfit is English.' "'Mr. Garadib forced a laugh. "'I've read of your tricks, Mr. Holmes, "'but I never thought I would be the subject of them. "'Where do you read that?' "'The shoulder cut of your coat, the toes of your boots. "'Could anyone doubt it?' "'Well, well. I had no idea I was so obvious a Britisher. "'But business brought me over here some time ago, "'and so, as you say, my outfit is nearly all London.' "'However, I guess your time is of value, "'and we did not meet to talk about the cut of my socks. "'What about getting down to that paper you hold in your hand?' "'Holmes had in some way ruffled our visitor, "'whose chubby face had assumed a far less amiable expression. "'Patience, patience, Mr. Carradub,' said my friend in a soothing voice. "'Dr. Watson would tell you that these little digressions of mine "'sometimes prove in the end to have some bearing on the matter.' "'But why did Mr. Nathan Garadab not come with you?' "'Why did he ever drag you into it at all?' asked our visitor, with a sudden outflame of anger. "'What in thunder had you to do with it? "'Here was a bit of professional business between two gentlemen, "'and one of them must needs call in a detective. "'I saw him this morning, "'and he told me this fool trick he had played me, "'and that's why I'm here, "'but I feel bad about it all the same.' "'There was no reflection upon you, Mr. Garadab,' "'It was simply zeal upon his part to gain your end, "'an end which is, I understand, equally vital for both of you. "'He knew that I had means of getting information, "'and therefore it was very natural that he should apply to me.' "'Our visitor's angry face gradually cleared. "'Well, that puts it different,' said he. "'When I went to see him this morning, "'and he told me he had sent to a detective, "'I just asked for your address and came right away.' I DON'T WANT POLICE BUTTING INTO A PRIVATE MATTER. BUT IF YOU ARE CONTENT JUST TO HELP US FIND THE MAN, THERE CAN BE NO HARM IN THAT. WELL, THAT'S JUST HOW IT STANDS, SAID HOLMES. AND NOW, SIR, SINCE YOU ARE HERE, WE HAD BEST HAVE A CLEAR ACCOUNT FROM YOUR OWN LIPS. MY FRIEND HERE KNOWS NOTHING OF THE DETAILS. MR. GARRADIB SURVEYED ME WITH NOT TOO FRIENDLY A GAZE. NEED HE KNOW? HE ASKED. WE USUALLY WORK TOGETHER. "'Well, there's no reason it should be kept a secret. "'I'll give you the facts as short as I can make them. "'If you came from Kansas, I would not need to explain to you "'who Alexander Hamilton Garadab was. "'He made his money in real estate, "'and afterwards in the wheat pit at Chicago. "'But he spent it in buying up as much land "'as would make one of your counties, "'lying along the Arkansas River, west of Fort Dodge. "'It's grazing land and lumber land, "'and arable land and mineralized land.' "'and just every sort of land that brings dollars to the man that owns it. "'He had no kith nor kin, or if he had, I never heard of it. "'But he took a kind of pride in the queerness of his name. "'That was what brought us together. "'I was in the law at Topeka, and one day I had a visit from the old man, "'and he was tickled to death to meet another man with his own name. "'It was his pet fad, and he was dead set to find out "'if there were any more Garadevs in the world. "'Find me another,' said he.' "'I told him I was a busy man "'and could not spend my life hiking around the world "'in search of gear Nonetheless, said he, "'that's just what you will do if things pan out as I planned them.' "'I thought he was joking, "'but there was a powerful lot of meaning in the words, "'as I was soon to discover. "'For he died within a year of saying them, "'and he left a will behind him. "'It was the queerest will that has ever been filed "'in the state of Kansas. "'His property was divided into three parts— "'and I was to have one on condition that I found two Garadebs who would share the remainder. "'It's five million dollars for each if it is a cent, "'but we can't lay a finger on it until we all three stand in a row. "'It was so big a chance that I just let my legal practice slide, "'and I set forth looking for Garadebs. "'There is not one in the United States. "'I went through it, sir, with a fine-tooth comb, "'and never a Garadeb could I catch. "'Then I tried the old country.' "'Sure enough, there was the name in the London telephone directory. "'I went after him two days ago and explained the whole matter to him. "'But he is a lone man, like myself, with some women relations, but no men. "'It says three adult men in the will. "'So you see, we still have a vacancy. "'And if you can help to fill it, we will be very ready to pay your charges.' "'Well, Watson,' said Holmes with a smile, "'I said it was rather whimsical, did I not?' "'I should have thought, sir, that your obvious way "'was to advertise in the agony columns of the papers.' "'I have done that, Mr. Holmes, with no replies. "'Dear me! "'Well, it is certainly a most curious little problem. "'I may take a glance at it in my leisure. "'By the way, it is curious that you should have come from Topeka. "'I used to have a correspondent. "'He is dead now. "'Old Dr. Lysander Starr, who was mayor in 1890. "'Good old Dr. Starr!' "'said our visitor. "'His name is still honored. "'Well, Mr. Holmes, "'I suppose all we can do is report to you "'and let you know how we progress. "'I reckon you'll hear within a day or two. "'With this assurance, "'our American bowed and departed. "'Holmes had lit his pipe, "'and he sat for some time "'with a curious smile upon his face. "'Well?' "'I asked at last. "'I'm wondering, Watson. "'Just wondering.' "'At what?' "'Holmes took his pipe from his lips.' "'I was wondering, Watson, what on earth could be the object of this man in telling us such a rigmarole of lies? "'I nearly asked him so, for there are times when a brutal frontal attack is the best policy. "'But I judged it better to let him think he had fooled us. "'Here is a man with an English coat frayed at the elbow and trousers bagged at the knee with a year's wear. "'Yet by this document, and by his own account, he is a provincial American lately landed in London. "'There have been no advertisements in the agony columns.' "'You know that I miss nothing there. "'They are my favorite covert for putting up a bird, "'and I would never have overlooked such a cock-pheasant as that. "'I never knew a Dr. Lysander Starr of Topeka.' "'Touch him where you would. He was false. "'I think the fellow is really an American, "'but he has worn his accent smooth with years of London. "'What is his game, then, "'and what motive lies behind this preposterous search for Ghiridubs?' "'It is worth our attention, for—' "'granting that the man is a rascal. "'He is certainly a complex and ingenious one. "'We must now find out if our other correspondent is a fraud also. Bring him up, Watson.' "'I did so, and heard a thin, quavering voice at the other end of the line. "'Yes, yes, I'm Mr. Nathan Geradeb. "'Is Mr. Holmes there? "'I should very much like to have a word with Mr. Holmes.' "'My friend took the instrument, and I heard the usual syncopated dialogue. "'Yes, he's been here.' "'I understand that you don't know him.' "'How long?' "'Only two days?' "'Yes, yes, of course. It's a most captivating prospect. Will you be at home this evening? I suppose your namesake will not be there?' "'Very good. We will come, then, for I'd rather have a chat without him. Dr. Watson will come with me. I understand from your note that you did not go out often. Well, we shall be round about six. You need not mention it to the American lawyer. Very good.'
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Dot com, And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
1: And now back to the adventure of the three Garadebs. It was twilight of a lovely spring evening, and even Little Ryder Street, one of the smaller offshoots from the Edgware Road, within a stone cast of old Tyburn tree of evil memory, "'looked golden and wonderful in the slanting rays of the setting sun. "'The particular house to which we were directed "'was a large, old-fashioned, early Georgian edifice "'with a flat-brick face broken only by two deep bay windows on the ground floor. "'It was on this ground floor that our client lived, "'and, indeed, the low windows proved to be the front of the huge room "'in which he spent his waking hours. "'Holmes pointed as we passed to the small brass plate which bore the curious name. "'Been there for some years, Watson.' he remarked, indicating its discolored surface. It's his real name anyhow, and that's something to note. The house had a common stair, and there were a number of names painted in the hall, some indicating offices, and some private chambers. It was not a collection of residential flats, but rather the abode of bohemian bachelors. Our client opened the door for us himself, and apologized by saying that the woman in charge left at four o'clock. Mr. Nathan Garadeb proved to be a very tall, Loose-jointed, round-backed person, gaunt and bald, some sixty-odd years of age. He had a cadaverous face, with the dull dead skin of a man to whom exercise was unknown. Large, round spectacles and a small projecting goat's beard, combined with his stooping attitude, to give him an expression of peering curiosity. The general effect, however, was amiable, though eccentric. His room was as curious as its occupant. It looked like a small museum— It was both broad and deep, with cupboards and cabinets all round, crowded with specimens, geological and anatomical. Cases of butterflies and moths flanked each side of the entrance. A large table in the center was littered with all sorts of debris, while the tall brass tube of a powerful microscope bristled up among them. As I glanced round, I was surprised at the universality of the man's interest. Here was a case of ancient coins— There was a cabinet of flint instruments. Behind his central table was a large cupboard of fossil bones. Above was a line of plaster skulls with such names as Neanderthal, Heidelberg, Cro-Magnon, printed beneath them. It was clear that he was a student of many subjects. As he stood in front of us now, he held a piece of chamois leather in his right hand with which he was polishing a coin. Syracusan, of the best period, he explained, holding it up. "'They degenerated greatly towards the end. "'At their best I hold them supreme, though some prefer the Alexandrian school. "'You'll find a chair here, Mr. Holmes. "'Pray allow me to clear these bones. "'And you, sir, Dr. Watson, "'if you would have the goodness to put the Japanese vase to one side. "'You see round me my little interest in life. "'My doctor lectures me about never going out. "'But why should I go out when I have so much to hold me here?' I can assure you that the adequate cataloging of one of those cabinets would take me a good three months. Holmes looked round him with curiosity. But you tell me you never go out, he said. Now and again I drive down to Southby's or Christie's. Otherwise, I very seldom leave my room. I am not too strong, and my researches are very absorbing. But you can imagine, Mr. Holmes, what a terrific shock pleasant, but terrific! "'It was for me when I heard of this unparalleled good fortune. "'It only needs one more Garradeb to complete the matter. "'And surely we can find one. "'I had a brother, but he is dead, "'and female relatives are disqualified. "'But there must surely be others in the world. "'I had heard that you handled strange cases, "'and that's why I sent for you. "'Of course, this American gentleman is quite right, "'and I should have taken his advice first, "'but I acted for the best.' "'I think you acted very wisely indeed,' said Holmes. "'But are you really anxious to acquire an estate in America?' "'Certainly not, sir. Nothing would induce me to leave my collection. But this gentleman has assured me that he will buy me out as soon as we have established our claim. Five million dollars was the sum named. There are a dozen specimens in the market at the present moment which fill gaps in my collection, and which I am unable to purchase for want of a few hundred pounds.' "'Just think what I could do with five million dollars. Well, "'Why, I have the nucleus of a national collection. "'I shall be the Hans Sloan of my age.' "'His eyes gleamed behind his great spectacles. "'It was very clear that no pains would be spared "'by Mr. Nathan Garadev in finding a namesake. "'I merely called to make your acquaintance, "'and there is no reason why I should interrupt your studies,' "'said Holmes. "'I prefer to establish personal touch "'with those with whom I do business. "'There are a few questions I need ask.' "'for I have your very clear narrative in my pocket, "'and I filled up the blanks "'when this American gentleman called. "'I understand that up to this week "'you were unaware of his existence.' "'That is so. "'He called last Tuesday. "'Did he tell you of our interview today?' "'Yes, he came straight back to me. "'He had been very angry.' "'Why was he angry?' "'He seemed to think it was some reflection on his honor, "'but he was quite cheerful again when he returned.' "'Did he suggest any course of action?' "'No, sir, he did not. "'Has he had or asked for any money from you?' "'No, sir, never. "'You see no possible object he has in view?' "'None, except what he states. "'Did you tell him of our telephone appointment?' "'Yes, sir, I did.' Holmes was lost in thought. I could see that he was puzzled. "'Have you any articles of great value in your collection?' "'No, sir. I'm not a rich man. "'It is a good collection, but not a very valuable one.' "'You have no fear of burglars?' "'Not the least.' "'How long have you been in these rooms?' "'Nearly five years.' Holmes's cross-examination was interrupted by an imperative knocking at the door. No sooner had our client unlatched it than the American lawyer burst excitedly into the room. "'Here you are!' he cried, waving a paper over his head. "'I thought I should be in time to get you.' "'Mr. Nathan Geradib, my congratulations. "'You are a rich man, sir. "'Our business is happily finished, and all is well. "'As to you, Mr. Holmes, we can only say we are sorry "'if we have given you any useless trouble.' He handed over the paper to our client, who stood staring at a marked advertisement. Holmes and I leaned forward and read it over his shoulder. This is how it ran. "'Howard Geradib, Constructor of Agricultural Machinery.' Binders, reapers, steam and hand plows, drills, harrows, farmers' carts, buckboards, all other appliances, estimates for artesian wells. Apply, Grosvenor Buildings, Aston. Glorious! Gasped our host. That makes our third man. I had opened up inquiries in Birmingham," said the American, "and my agent there sent me this advertisement from a local paper. We must hustle and put the thing through. I have written to this man and told him that you will see him in his office tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. You want me to see him? What do you say, Mr. Holmes? Don't you think it would be wiser? Here am I, a wandering American with a wonderful tale. Why should he believe what I tell him? But you are a Britisher with solid references, and he is bound to take notice of what you say. I would go with you if you wished, but I have a very busy day tomorrow, and I could always follow you if you are in any trouble. "'I have not made such a journey for years.' "'It's nothing, Mr. Geradeb. "'I've figured out our connections. "'You leave at twelve, and should be there soon after two. "'Then you can be back the same night. "'All you have to do is see this man, explain the matter, "'and get an affidavit of his existence.' "'By the Lord!' he added hotly. "'Considering I've come all the way from the center of America, "'it is surely little enough if you go a hundred miles "'in order to put this matter through.' "'Quite so.' said Holmes. I think what this gentleman says is very true. Mr. Nathan Ghiradeb shrugged his shoulders with a disconsolate air. "'Well, if you insist, I shall go,' said he. "'It is certainly hard for me to refuse you anything, considering the glory of hope that you have brought into my life.' "'Then that is agreed,' said Holmes. "'And no doubt you will let me have a report as soon as you can.' "'I'll see to that,' said the American. "'Well,' he added, looking at his watch, "'I have to get on. "'I'll call tomorrow, Mr. Nathan, "'and see you off to Birmingham. "'Coming my way, Mr. Holmes?' "'No. "'Well, then, good-bye, "'and we may have good news for you tomorrow night.' "'I noticed that Holmes' face cleared "'when the American left the room, "'and the look of thoughtful perplexity had vanished. "'I wish I could look over your collection, "'Mr. Caradub,' said he. "'In my profession, all sorts of odd knowledge "'comes useful, and this room of yours "'is a storehouse of it.' Our client shone with pleasure, and his eyes gleamed from behind his big glasses. "'I had always heard, sir, that you were a very intelligent man,' said he. "'I could take you round now if you had the time.' "'Unfortunately, I have not. But these specimens are so well-labeled and classified that they hardly need your personal explanation. If I should be able to look in tomorrow, I presume that there would be no objection to my glancing over them?' "'No, none at all. You're most welcome. The place will, of course, be shut up.' "'but Mrs. Saunders is in the basement up to four o'clock "'and would let you in with her key. "'Well, I happen to be clear tomorrow afternoon. "'If you would say a word to Mrs. Saunders, "'it would be quite in order. "'By the way, who is your house agent?' "'Our client was amazed at the sudden question. "'Halloween Steel, in the Edgware Road. "'But why do you ask?' "'I'm a bit of an archaeologist myself "'when it comes to houses,' said Holmes, laughing. "'I was wondering if this was Queen Anne or Georgian.' Georgian, beyond doubt.' "'Really? I should have thought a little earlier. "'However, it is easily ascertained. "'Well, good-bye, Mr. Garadab, "'and may you have every success in your Birmingham journey.' "'The house agents was close by, "'but we found that it was closed for the day, "'so we made our way back to Baker Street. "'It was not till after dinner that Holmes reverted to the subject. "'Our little problem draws to a close,' said he. "'No doubt you have outlined a solution in your own mind.' "'I'll be honest. I can make neither head nor tail of it. "'The head is surely clear enough, and the tail we shall see tomorrow. "'Did you notice nothing curious about that advertisement?' "'I saw that the word plow was misspelled. "'Oh, you did notice that, did you? "'Come, Watson. You improve all the time. "'Yes, it was bad English, but good American. "'The printer had set it up as received. "'Then the buckboards. That is American also.' and artesian wells are commoner with them than with us. It was a typical American advertisement, but purporting to be from an English firm. What do you make of that? I can only suppose that this American lawyer put it in himself. What his object was, I failed to understand. Well, there are alternative explanations. Anyhow, he wanted to get this good old fossil up to Birmingham. That is very clear. I might have told him that he was clearly going on a wild goose chase. But on second thoughts... It seemed better to clear the stage by letting him go. Tomorrow, Watson. Well, tomorrow will speak for itself. Holmes was up and out early. When he returned at lunchtime, I noticed that his face was very grave. This is a more serious matter than I had expected, Watson, said he. It is fair to tell you so, although I know it will only be a motivation for you for running your head into danger. I should know my Watson by now. But there is danger, and you should know it. "'Well, it's not the first time we've shared that, Holmes. "'I hope it may not be the last. "'What's the particular danger this time?' "'We're up against a very hard case. "'I have identified Mr. John Gerardab, counselor-in-law. "'He is none other than Killer Evans, "'of sinister and murderous reputation.' "'I fear I am none the wiser. "'Ah, it is not part of your profession "'to carry about a portable Newgate calendar in your memory. "'I have been down to see friend Lestrade at the yard.' "'There may be an occasional want of imaginative "'intuition down there, but they lead the world "'for thoroughness and method. "'I had an idea that we might get on the track "'of our American friend in their records. "'Sure enough, I found his chubby face "'smiling up at me from the rogues' portrait gallery. "'James Winter, alias Moorcroft, "'alias Killer Evans, was the inscription below. "'Holmes drew an envelope from his pocket. "'I scribbled down a few points from his dossier. "'Aged forty-four. Native of Chicago, known to have shot three men in the States, escaped from penitentiary through political influence, came to London in 1893, shot a man over cards in a nightclub in the Waterloo Road in January of 1895. Man died, but he was shown to have been the aggressor in the row. Dead man was identified as Roger Prescott, famous as forger and coiner in Chicago. Killer Evans, released in 1901, has been under police supervision since... "'but so far as known has led an honest life. "'Very dangerous man. "'Usually carries arms and is prepared to use them. "'That's our bird, Watson. "'A sporting bird, as you must admit. "'But what is his game?' "'Well, it begins to define itself. "'I've been to the house agents. "'Our client, as he told us, has been there five years. "'It was unlet for a year before then. "'The previous tenant was a gentleman at large named Waldron.' "'Waldron's appearance was well-remembered at the office. "'He had suddenly vanished, and nothing more had been heard of him. "'He was a tall, bearded man with very dark features. "'Now Prescott, the man whom Killer Evans had shot, "'was, according to Scotland Yard, a tall, dark man with a beard. "'As a working hypothesis, I think we may take it that Prescott, "'the American criminal, used to live in the very room "'which our innocent friend now devotes to his museum. "'So at last we have a link. You see?' "'And the next link? "'Well, we must go now and look for that.' "'He took a revolver from the drawer "'and handed it to me. "'I have my old favorite with me. "'If our Wild West friend tries to live up "'to his nickname, we've got to be ready "'for him. I'll give you an hour "'for a siesta, Watson, and then I think "'it'll be time for a Ryder Street adventure. "'It was just four o'clock "'when we reached the curious apartment of Nathan "'Garadab. Mrs. Saunders, "'the caretaker, was about to leave, "'but she had no hesitation in admitting us, "'for the door shut with a spring lock, "'and Holmes promised to see that all was safe before we left. "'Shortly afterwards, the outer door closed, "'her bonnet passed the bow window, "'and we knew that we were alone in the lower floor of the house. "'Holmes made a rapid examination of the premises. "'There was one cupboard in a dark corner "'which stood out a little from the wall. "'It was behind this that we eventually crouched "'while Holmes outlined his intentions. "'He wanted to get our amiable friend out of his room. "'That is very clear.' and as the collector never went out, it took some planning to do it. The whole of this Ghiradev invention was apparently for no other end. I must say, Watson, that there is a certain devilish ingenuity about it, even if the queer name of the tenant did give him an opening which he could hardly have expected. He wove his plot with remarkable cunning. But what did he want? Well, that's what we're here to find out. It has nothing whatever to do with our client, so far as I read it, "'It is something connected with the man he murdered, "'the man who may have been his confederate in crime. "'There is some guilty secret in the room. "'That's how I read it. "'At first I thought our friend might have something in his collection "'more valuable than he knew, "'something worth the attention of a big criminal. "'But the fact that Roger Prescott of evil memory inhabited these rooms "'points to some deeper reason. "'Well, Watson, we can but possess our souls in patience "'and see what the hour may bring.' That hour was not long in striking. We crouched closer in the shadow as we heard the outer door open and shut. Then came the sharp, metallic snap of a key, and the American was in the room. He closed the door softly behind him, took a sharp glance around him to see that all was safe, threw off his overcoat, and walked up to the central table with the brisk manner of one who knows exactly what he has to do and how to do it. He pushed the table to one side, tore up the square of carpet on which it rested, "'Rolled it completely back, and then, "'drawing a jemmy from his inside pocket, "'he knelt down and worked vigorously upon the floor. "'Presently we heard the sound of sliding boards, "'and an instant later a square had opened in the planks. "'Killer Evans struck a match, lit a stump of candle, "'and vanished from our view. "'Clearly our moment had come. "'Holmes touched my wrist as a signal, "'and together we stole across to the open trap door. "'Gently as we moved, however,' The old floor must have creaked under our feet, for the head of our American, peering anxiously round, emerged suddenly from the open space. His face turned upon us with a glare of baffled rage, which gradually softened into a rather shamefaced grin as he realized the two pistols were pointed at his head. "'Well, well,' said he coolly, as he scrambled to the surface. "'I guess you've been one too many for me, Mr. Holmes. Saw through my game, I suppose, and played me for a sucker from the first.' "'Well, sir, I hand it to you. "'You have me beat, and—' "'In an instant he had whisked out a revolver from his breast "'and had fired two shots. "'I felt a sudden hot sear as if a red-hot iron had been pressed to my thigh. "'There was a crash as Holmes' pistol came down on the man's head. "'I had a vision of him sprawling upon the floor "'with blood running down his face while Holmes rummaged him for weapons. "'Then my friend's wiry arms were round me, "'and he was leading me to a chair. "'You're not hurt, Watson? "'For God's sake, say that you're not hurt!' It was worth a wound, it was worth many wounds, to know the depth of loyalty and love which lay behind that cold mask. The clear, hard eyes were dimmed for a moment, and the firm lips were shaking. For the one and only time I caught a glimpse of a great heart as well as of a great brain. All my years of humble but single-minded service culminated in that moment of revelation. "'It's nothing, Holmes, just a mere scratch.' He had ripped up my trousers with his pocket-knife. "'You are right!' he cried with an immense sigh of relief. It is quite superficial. His face set like flint as he glared at our prisoner, who was sitting up with a dazed face. By the Lord, it is as well for you. If you had killed Watson, you would never have left this room alive. Now, sir, what have you to say for yourself? He had nothing to say for himself. He only sat and scowled. I leaned on Holmes's arm, and together we looked down into the small cellar which had been disclosed by the secret flap. It was still illuminated by the candle which Evans had taken down with him. Our eyes fell upon a mass of rusted machinery, great rolls of paper, a litter of bottles, and neatly arranged upon a small table a number of neat little bundles. "'A printing press! A counterfeiter's outfit!' said Holmes. "'Yes, sir,' said our prisoner, staggering slowly to his feet and then sinking into the chair. The greatest counterfeiter London ever saw. "'That's Prescott's machine!' "'and those bundles on the table are two thousand of Prescott's notes "'worth a hundred each and fit to pass anywhere. "'Help yourselves, gentlemen. "'Call it a deal, and let me beat it.' "'Holmes laughed. "'We don't do things like that, Mr. Evans. "'There is no bolt-hole for you in this country. "'You shot this man Prescott, did you not?' "'Yes, sir, and I got five years for it, "'though it was he who pulled on me. Five years! "'When I should have had a medal the size of a soup plate.' No living man could tell a Prescott from a Bank of England, and if I hadn't put him out he would have flooded London with them. I was the only one in the world who knew where he made them. Can you wonder that I wanted to get to the place? And can you wonder that when I found this crazy boob of a bug hunter with the queer name squatting right on top of it, and never quitting his room, I had to do the best I could to shift him? Maybe I would have been wiser if I would put him away. It would have been easy enough, but I'm a soft-hearted guy that can't begin shooting unless the other man has a gun also." But say, Mr. Holmes, what have I done wrong anyhow? I've not used this plant. I've not hurt this old stiff. Where do you get me? Attempted murder, so far as I can see, said Holmes. But that's not our job. They take that at the next stage. What we wanted a present was just your sweet self. Please give the yard a call, Watson. It won't be entirely unexpected. So those were the facts about Killer Evans and his remarkable invention of the three debs "'We heard later that our poor old friend never got over the shock of his dissipated dreams. "'When his castle in the air fell down, it buried him beneath the ruins. "'He was last heard of at a nursing home in Brixton. "'It was a glad day at the yard when the Prescott outfit was discovered, "'for though they knew that it existed, they had never been able, "'after the death of the man, to find out where it was. "'Evans had indeed done great service and caused several worthy C.I.D. men to sleep the sounder, "'for the counterfeiter stands in a class by himself as a public danger.' they would willingly have subscribed to that soup-plate metal of which the criminal had spoken. But an unappreciative bench took a less favorable view, and the killer returned to those shades from which he had just emerged. Thanks for joining us here at 1001 Sherlock Holmes Stories and the best of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. We have some reviews to share with you. The first one, four stars, really enjoying, but... I'm really loving listening to these tellings of Sherlock Holmes. I've tried a number of podcasts with the Holmes stories, and this is by far the best. As a London-based Brit, the odd word is mispronounced, but it doesn't detract from the story, and the narrator's deep American accent soothes my soul as I'm relaxing. I really do love his take on these tales. I do have one complaint, though, and I don't know how much it's within the podcaster's control. There's an ad that is just creepy, long, and irritating that pops up with every episode. It's for mobile puzzle games, Best Fiends, and I'm pretty sure it's read by Al because the voice is unnatural in its nuance. Not natural or human-like, but really those ads are far too long, don't make sense, and are really very annoying. Please find a way to delete them from the podcast. I use these stories to wind down and sleep, and then catch up in the morning when I'm starting my day. But that crap, the advertisement, always wakes me up if I've fallen asleep. and makes me feel weird. Thanks for the stories, though. Just not the ads. That one from a BitPants, Apple Podcast, Great Britain. And I do have an answer for you, BitPants. That ad was not supposed to be running on our network. And your review alerted me. I alerted the network, and the ad was removed. So thank you for letting me know. I do appreciate you being a listener. Although no thanks for the four stars, as there was nothing I could do about that. And when there was something I could do about it, I did. And thanks for being a great listener. Next, excellent Sherlock Holmes stories, five stars. The stories, reading, and narration of these stories are just wonderful. This is a treasure. I enjoy it. That one from Burke and Mill, Apple Podcast, Norway. And this one, Great Entertainment, five stars. I found the podcast searching for a good story. I got hooked. I love these Sherlock stories. And John, the host and narrator, is excellent. It took me a bit to get used to his voice, but that's just because it's not how I would have thought the characters to sound like. Now, I wouldn't have it any other way. That one from Carrie M. War, Apple Podcast, U.S. Thank you all so very much for taking the time to leave these reviews. They mean a lot to me, and I know it convinces new listeners to give us a try. And as far as ads go, if you've ever thought of listening to a lot of 1001 Stories ad-free, you can become a Patreon supporter, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That's patreon.com forward slash 1001 Network. There, our regular-tier and upper-tier supporters get access to hundreds of our archived episodes ad-free. Upper-tier listeners also receive, just about weekly, an ad-free version of an upcoming story. We appreciate their support very much. Until next Sunday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, everyone, this is your host and storyteller bidding you a safe week, and we'll be back soon.